Hey guys, it's Rebecca Price and I hope you guys are doing great and you guys are having a great weekend. I wanted to do um, a little uh, podcast for the weekend uh, for Good Friday for, you know, Resurrection Sunday. Um, I wanted to kind of give you a different perspective, give you a perspective that hopefully will help you understand why it's important, why Jesus is important, you know, why to follow Jesus and to choose Jesus. Um, And I want, we're going to start with Romans 5. And I'm going to start with verse 6, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous person, though perhaps for the good person someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. All right. So a great thing to do is to try to put yourself in the scenario. Put yourself in in that perspective. So imagine that you are a parent and you have a child and your child is innocent your child has never made a mistake never done anything wrong your child is purely and completely innocent and and ask yourself would you give your child up would you lay the life down of your child for a group of people that are hateful that uh, they're thieves cheaters murderers rapists um they have committed wrongdoings of every kind, including including hating you, including hating your son, would you lay your child's life down and sacrifice your child so that these evildoers could be redeemed? So that these evildoers, their guilt, their, their, um, their sin account could be washed away. You know, I've sat there many times and I've, I've asked myself, I'm like, well, you know, I don't see how God can do that because here's what you've got to realize is nobody forced God to send Jesus. That was a choice. God chose to send Jesus. Okay. And Jesus chose to submit to the will of his father. It was by choice. So God was not forced. Jesus was not forced to the cross. Jesus made a choice and he chose to submit to his father, just like his father chose to send his son because he said, regardless of what these people have done, I love them. I want them to spend, I want our relationship restored. I want them redeemed. I want them to spend eternity with me. I want them to walk with me again. And he gave up his child who was completely innocent, had done nothing wrong. And his child died for these people. The people that spit on him, the people that beat him, the people that mocked him. And Jesus still forgave them at the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they, they don't know what they're doing. And put yourself in that perspective. Could you do that? I've heard many parents say, I couldn't do that. I couldn't give up my child, my, my uh, child that I love so much for a bunch of evil people. And what's interesting is this scripture talks about that. It says, you know, somebody might die for a righteous man or even maybe a good man. Someone will scarcely die, you know, for them. But Christ didn't even die for good people. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the sinners. Christ died for the wrongdoers. How, what greater love is it than that? What greater love is it that, 
that God the Father would send his son, who has done nothing wrong, never made a mistake, um, who obeyed God perfectly, uh, and he sent his son, whom he loved, because he loved Jesus, and Jesus laid his life down for ungodly people. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that's 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 hard for me. That's hard. I've even said before, you know, when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's in the most excruciating pain that he could ever be in, that we could ever even ever even imagine, and yet he still forgives them. He still says out of his mouth, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. They know not what they do." He still asks for their forgiveness. What greater love is that? What greater love? What greater love is it that would die for people that are not deserving, that are undeserving? That's unheard of. That's absolutely unheard of. The fact that in Jesus we can be reconciled to the Father through his sacrifice. That we, you know, it's not us. We can't save ourselves. And the thing is, is that God knew that. Whenever we screwed up, whenever we sinned in the beginning, God knew we couldn't save ourselves. And he had a plan in place immediately because he was like, listen, they can't, they need help. They can't save themselves. I'm going to redeem them. Because God could have walked away. God could have said, well, you violated the covenant with me. You know, you listened to the serpent. You chose to sin. You chose to disobey. And now you suffer the consequences and I'm out. God could have said that. God could have said, y'all just, I'm done with y'all. I don't want anything to do with you. He could have said that, but he didn't. And that is an absolutely incredible, incredible amount of love. And I see things, I see, I, I will watch, you know, news conferences and stuff like that. To me, some of the most incredible stories are where a, a, um, someone kills the child of another person and that parent goes and hugs the prisoner and forgives them for that. And, and, and that to me is one of the most incredible things because you, you, you know, you think about the pain that the father is going through and you think about how, you know, it wasn't right that his child was dead, that his, his child should have, you know, that his child was murdered because of the actions of this person. And yet the father or the mother or both of them go or the brother or whoever it is, the family member goes to the person who was guilty and hugs them and says, listen, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I, and I, I hope you can forgive yourself and it's, it's, uh, it's the most incredible demonstration of love. And to me, it reminds me so much of Christ. It reminds me so much of the love that Heavenly Father has. Because, you know, the person that was guilty was deserving of that, was deserving of that punishment. The person that, that shot the other person, you know, he deserved to go to jail. Um, but yet, they wanted, they wanted to, to go and show love to him and say, I forgive you. I forgive you for this. And what an incredible testament. What an incredible testament for us and a testament for, for love for us. And how many times as a, as a child of God do you, those who are Christians, do you think about that? Do you think about the fact that God did not have to save you? He chose to save you. That God didn't have to send Jesus. He chose to send Jesus. And Jesus didn't, Jesus wasn't murdered. You know, people say, oh, Jesus was murdered. Jesus was not murdered. Jesus laid down his life. The Bible says Jesus says in the Bible, no one takes down, takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. So not only that, not only did the father love you enough to send Jesus, but Jesus loved you enough to say, I'm going, loved his father enough to say, I'm going to obey, even though I'm about to go through excruciating pain and mockery and everything. 
I'm going to do that because I love them too as well. It's incredible. Tell me who else has done that. Tell me who else. Tell me, um, tell me has Buddha done that? Has Allah done that? Have any of them done that? No. Who's done that? Who's done that? There's no other God through which we have redemption of sins through his blood that he died for ungodly people, died for sinners, because it doesn't make sense to the flesh. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when you say that someone who's innocent dies for, for the guilty because we, we have this, um, this, this uh, desire for justice. and like, oh, that's not fair for justice. It doesn't make sense. I mean, the love of God is so incredible, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't when we think about it because it's not supposed to be the innocent dying for the ungodly, but yet that is exactly what Jesus did. And that is why it's so incredible because, you know, if you're, if you're someone who, who says that you've never made a mistake, you've never done anything wrong, you're lying to yourself, everyone on the earth can say that they've made at least one mistake. I mean, I've made, I can't even tell you how many countless mistakes I've made in my life. Um, but, you know, if you're someone who says, well, I, I've never made a mistake before. Well, you're lying to yourself. But how does it, how does it feel? How does it feel to know that, when, that if you receive Christ, that the things that you have done, that your slate is wiped clean by the blood of Jesus? And then, as you receive, when you receive his Holy Spirit, you walk like Jesus. You bear fruit. Your life has changed. Your character has changed. You, you begin to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus and act like Jesus on the earth. Not only in, in authority, but in power and love and spirit, you begin to do that. And so then you begin to show grace to people that you, that, you know, who, who, who mock you, who mistreat you, who do things to you all the time. Because you remember in your mind, I was, I was the ungodly person that Christ died for. I have been forgiven much, so I can forgive much. I can forgive those. I can show mercy to people who mistreat me. I can show mercy to people. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it is absolutely, incredibly difficult because of our desire for justice. Because God is a just God. And God says in the word, vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. So when people mistreat us, when people attack us or target us, you know, the Lord fights for us. But as for us, we are to show grace, we're to show love, we're to show mercy. And it's hard. And when you stop to think about Christ and to think about the incredible love that God has, the incredible amount of forgiveness that God has, it's almost, it almost is dumbfounded. It makes you dumbfounded in a sense. Because you're like, how? You know, how can, how can Jesus hanging on a cross forgive people? You know, how could, how could Stephen, when Stephen was being stoned by people, ask God to forgive them, saying, God, forgive them, forgive them? It's mind-blowing. And so when you talk about Good Friday and you talk about Jesus going to the cross, there's so much, so many different aspects that you could talk about. But the fact that Christ died for the ungodly, not good people, there's no there's such thing as good people, not, you know, righteous people, people that are, you know, that we would consider deserving to die for. The Bible says there's no one righteous, not even one. Jesus is the only one that has never sinned before. 
but thinking about that Jesus died for the ungodly, that Jesus died for the ones who hated him. He died for the ones who didn't care about him. He died for the ones who didn't, didn't want to follow him. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He died for the whole world. Now, whether they choose to receive that gift, whether they choose to receive that redemption is, is up to them. You know, once again, God doesn't even force that. God doesn't force you to receive him. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force that. He wants people that want to follow him. He wants people that want to, to know him and want to, uh, want to, um, to follow him. People that want to be discipled. He's not going to force anybody. He's not going to hold a gun to your head and say, oh, well, you have to, well, you know, you better follow me or else. It's not what he did. That's not how Jesus did in the Bible. He said, follow me. Follow me. He didn't say, you've got to follow me right now or these brass knuckles are going to tear you up. He didn't say anything like that. When you start to look at the character of God and you start to look how incredible he, how incredible he is, when you start to look at the love that he had for his people and the love that he has for us, the, um, how long-suffering he is, and the patience and the grace and the mercy that he has with us, when you start to start to take the time to meditate on that and look on that, it's an extremely humbling experience. And so, to me, that is what it's about. That is what, when I think about Good Friday, and of course, you know, the resurrection, that's a, that's a, whole, a whole nother end to it, because Jesus is not dead. He's not dead. He lives. He rose from the dead. And if he didn't rise from the dead, then we, then we, would, we wouldn't have any hope. Um, but he's alive. And that's what, you know, Resurrection Sunday is all about, is celebrating the fact that he didn't just die and, and be done, that he rose from the grave and he lives for us and that our hope, we have a living hope, a living hope, which is absolutely incredible. So, this is kind of short, um, but to me, that is what that is what Easter is. It is thinking about the love that God has, the incredible love that he has for the ungodly, for us. That he didn't say, oh, I'm going to die for people that I think are pretty good. I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to die for the ungodly, for the sinners, for the ones who spit on me, for the ones who hate me, the ones who <coughs> want nothing to do with me. The blood is available to them. I died for I died for all of humanity. If they choose Jesus, if they choose me, then they get to receive that. No matter what they've done in life. Now again, not to be confused with the with the what I like to call the Baptist mentality of, well, you can just sin all you want because you're nothing but a sinner and that no no no. When you receive Christ, because the Bible says to repent. When you receive Christ. You repent, and then you begin walking like Christ. You begin bearing the fruit of the Spirit that the Bible talks about. You're not going to look the same as you did before you were, before you were redeemed. There's going to be a change in how you live and how you talk. There's going to be a change in you that is evident to the world. And some people will be drawn to it, and some people will hate it. But thinking that, Jesus, because here's the thing, when you think about the world today, and I've said this before, it's all about 
the world is all, all very success driven. Who has the most money? Who has the most fame? Who has the most power? Who has the most this? Who are the most uh, soci societally beautiful people? And blah, 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 you know. The world is completely opposite. Christ says, I love the ones no one loves. I die for the ones that no one would die for. I died for them. I died for all of you. He died for all of us. And, 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 and it's a free gift. It's a free gift. That's the crazy thing about it. It's free. Now it does, Jesus does say that following me, he says, count the cost because it does cost you. You have to lay your life down. You have to crucify the flesh and lay your life down for me daily. You've got to deny self. So there is a cost to following Jesus. But your salvation is for free. Redemption is for free. You don't have to pay money. You just receive it. You just receive it and receive his Holy Spirit. And then your life is just is absolutely changed. It's the, it's the beginning of eternity from, you know, an eternity with him. And so anyway, um, I hope this helps somebody. I hope this helps you to kind of just really think about um, the love of Christ and the love of God and how incredible it is and how unmatched it is and how we are incredibly beyond blessed. I mean, that's such an understatement to have a God that is willing to die for the ungodly. To have a Savior that says, I want the ungodly. That's who I want to die for. He died for the world. He didn't just die for certain people. He died for everyone. He died for the ungodly, the sinners. That's the kind of God I want to follow. It's love that is absolutely unmatched anywhere else. So... Hope you guys have a great uh, weekend, wonderful weekend, and I'll come at you later with another podcast. Be blessed.